y'all. Welcome to Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. I'm your host, Ceci Diaz. First, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in and supporting Benevolence Podcast. I pray that as you tune in every week, you are empowered, blessed, and encouraged to be the best version of yourself. You are tuning into Episode 2, Church Talk Q&A. On this episode of Benevolence, Pastor Gabriel, Pastor Jeanette Salguero, and I continue our conversation with a Church Talk Q&A. We cover various topics from homosexuality, politics, racism, and so much more. So sit back and join the continuation of our conversation. Enjoy! All right, so let's just get straight into it. Okay. Um, women leadership. <laughs> Recent situation between John MacArthur and yes. Beth Moore. On Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, it was either Wednesday or Tuesday. We've gotten this question this yes. week, maybe, I don't know, nine times. And I saw your tweet, so that's why I was like, oh, I have to talk to you. Oh, you tweeted him. about it, honey? I, you guys put something. I did, I did. Yeah. Okay. A kind of generic affirmation <laughs> from the Pentecostal Wesleyan perspective. Yes, so I saw, I heard, actually, I heard that whole interview, and I was like, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> so, um... What are your thoughts in regard to women leadership in the church? That's it. That's all I want to know. My thoughts are that... <laughs> well, the last time I checked, I'm ordained and preach yeah. and teach. And yeah, my mother, my mother <laughs> was my first pastor. She yeah. was ordained in 1978 um, or thereabouts. Look, I think that uh, I'm Pentecostal. The Spirit falls on the old King James verses. Wherever it listeth, it blows where it listeth. Wherever it wants, wherever... He wants the spirit wants, and so I think that that uh, you know the Holy Spirit empowers men and women mm. to lead in the church. I don't I don't think that women are inferior or men are superior. I think that that the body of Christ is enriched by having both female and male leaders. And so in our hearts of hearts, we are egalitarians. We believe in, that men and women are equal. Egalitarian, and, complementarianism is a total different yeah, topic. Yeah. But if just for argument's sake, I, I, I heard you talking about this with another pastor that called us today. Oh, about okay. this topic. About really? This, yeah, yeah, tell me. <laughs> so what happens, what a lot of people don't know is when something comes up in our culture that makes the church argue we get a lot of phone calls from many different pastors wow. across the nation or press or, or so. press right so the question is for argument's sake if we were to follow the argument um why why would the spirit why would the holy spirit endow males and not endow women for argument's sake because we don't have the same intellectual capabilities because yeah. why follow the argument. I w I wish that someone would take the argument all the way to the very end to see why can't the spirit fall on us exactly the way it would fall on male. Mm -hmm. So this day I have not heard it okay. because what they're going to have to say is, well, men, women are not as smart as men. Mm. <laughs> yeah, look, and look, I I have friends who don't believe in women in leadership. They're my friends. I love them. It's not a salvific question, right? But I, I, I disagree with them a hundred percent. And they, you know, they take the text from Paul, 
don't suffer women to mm-hmm. speak in the congregation. They're applying it universally. And, 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 you know, Gordon Fee and others talk about that. And not that there's a particular... And that, that, that particular text in the text was about women who were being disruptive in worship. Okay. It was not about... But you take a text out of a context, no, of it's a pretext for anything. Mm-hmm. And so women, like men, are called by God. And our New Testament uh, understanding, there's no male, no female. In our pneumatological understanding that the Spirit empowers men and women. We're, and in that same text, it talks about slaves, right? Yeah, and I think that we need to, you know, the, the problem is that, that a lot of people don't read the Bible and and or they read it from an optic that doesn't look at the the whole context of 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 what the writer was writing to the intended audience what's yeah. going on mm-hmm. and so we there's a lot of the, discipleship the that has work. Yeah, yeah that they yeah. don't do it but like women we can <laughs> we can and they can and they have mm-hmm. and in the assembly of exactly. god we, we and stand we will and we will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I ain't mad at you. Okay. Um, church, church in general. So recent reports talk about the major decline of church attendance among young adults. Mm. Churches have sought to lure millennials back to church by focusing on cooler worship bands, edgy sermons, impressive technology. There's been ultimately an emphasis on marketing Jesus versus actually following Jesus. Hmm. So what are your thoughts in regard to trendy versus traditional churches? Well, first of all, the decline of the church is not a global perspective because Christianity is on the rise globally. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the United the States. The United States. Yes, in the U.S. there is a decline amongst Look, millennials. I, I, I think there's a great <clears throat> book by David Kinnaman and Mark Matlock called Faith for Exiles. Mm-hmm. And the first, it talks about how are, you a, how are young people disciples in the age of digital Babylon? That's their phrase. The, the answer to this is, they say in their study, and they studied thousands of young people, is people will follow Christ if they've had an experience with Christ. Mm. Not that Christ is marketed to them, not, not branded Jesus, Jesus. The Jesus of the Bible, the resurrected one. I think people, I think the church needs to realize that young people need an experience with Jesus. Absolutely. And 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 it doesn't and matter. I think they're hungry for it. And yes. I and I think there's a real. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so I I I think that's number one. I think number two is that, that they need to see real Christians, mm-hmm. not perfect Christians. Such thing does not exist. Such mm-hmm. a phenomenon does not exist. But real Christians who live out their faith, who struggle with their faith, mostly in parents and mostly in spiritual leaders and and people they in role models. I think that's the second. They need to have an experience with Jesus Mm -hmm. and they need to people who live out their faith. And then then we need to be intentional about discipleship. Mm -hmm. Teach God's word. Yeah. So the the aesthetics are nice. They're not. I'm not against for the them. The attractional yeah. element of yeah. reaching I'm, them. I'm not but against them. They need the but they're not. That he's never, never compute. I'm. I like drinking Coca Cola. You guys drink Coca Cola. Sorry, Pepsi. Oh, I'm sorry. I I'm deeply so apologize. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> you probably use Apple too instead of Samsung. But uh, there's a difference between the the fizz that mm-hmm. effervesces and the actual cook. Mm-hmm. Never confuse the effervescence for the for the liquid, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's where we get messed up. Okay. Yeah, teach people Jesus, yes. the Jesus of the Bible, and have them have an experience with Jesus and model Jesus. The rest will take care of itself. 
this Christianity thing wasn't invented yesterday. <laughs> We've been making <laughs> disciples of young people for millennia. Mm-hmm. Let's stay at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right, moving along. Um, let's talk about uh, a touchy subject within the church in regards to homosexuality. Sessy on a touchy subject. Who would have thought? Okay, so um, churches have opened up their doors for the LGBTQ community um, in the past few years. And I guess my first question is, when we say everyone is welcome, especially those of the LGBTQ community, what does that really mean? Well, welcome and affirmation are two different things. Yeah, I think Christ welcomes everyone. Mm -hmm. Christ welcomes everybody. Yeah. The lost, the sick, the the, from every culture. Welcoming is not affirming of a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's a difference. Okay. And and so there's a distinction between. Anyone can come to church. Anyone can hear. The gospel is for anyone to yes. hear. But then the gospel also challenges you to all, a, of, us. Or, all mm. of us to a certain discipleship and character. And I think that is where we need to do a better clarification of what do we mean by everyone is welcome. Yes, everyone is welcome. But the gospel asks you to, to take up your cross mm-hmm. and follow him and to what some people call cruciformity, to conform yourself to the person of, of Christ and to the cross of Christ. And I think that that is where we need to do more work, which is to say, what does it mean that we have a biblical sexual ethic? What is the biblical sexual ethic? And by the way, we we're, we have been, a lot of reasons that we Christian evangelicals get get attacked or maligned is because we don't talk about a whole sexual ethic. We just talk about, oh, LGBTQ. We don't talk about... Uh, uh, um, pornography. Pornography. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about... We don't have a holistic sexual ethic. We do. We don't We don't proclaim it. We don't do the work. Right. We don't, and so people feel like, okay, this is our only issue. No. The gospel has a sexual ethic. Uh, and we can clearly read it and disciple it and i think that 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 is is to our detriment we've had a a a a lack of teaching on biblical sexual ethics on a whole host of issues but i think i think that that to welcome is to say whosoever will let him or her come Come. but once you come what does christ ask of you Mm, that's good um one book really quickly that i recommend for um that like sexual reference of the mm-hmm. Bible Biblical is sexual yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading right now Counterculture by David Platt, and he talks about everything from abortion mm-hmm. to sex trafficking. He yeah. talks about homosexuality, and he lays it down biblically. So for you listeners who need a bit, you know, a little bit more, want to like read a good book on that, definitely recommend um, Counterculture um, by David Platt, where he touches that. Like the ethics of sexual morality and all of that. Yeah. Very clear. Very yeah. clear. I've not so. read it, but I'm going to look up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Absolutely. really good. Um, so the next question that I have is, what are your thoughts in regard to homosexuals serving in the church? Serving in the church? Yeah, like ushers and ministry. Look, I, I think that there, there's, what does it mean to serve? Are they volunteers? Are they in leadership? I right. think that, that, Paul tells Timothy, what is the expectation of Christian leaders? I think that um, 
when we talk about uh, uh, LGBTQ persons, we have to respect their human dignity. They were created in the image of likeness of God. Um, and we love them and we respect their that they are uh, it created in the Imago Dei as the image of God. But at the same time, that there are there are ethics for the Christian community. Not that I made up. I'm only 46 years old. The Bible's been around just a little <laughs> bit longer than I have. And I think that that to be part of the body of Christ, uh, Paul tells the church in Corinth, actually about this issue. It's yeah. actually about issues of sexuality, mm -hmm. not necessarily LGBTQ, but a whole, you know, read that, yes, Corinthians. He says, thing. you have to discern the body. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to discern the body? What is the function of the body? I think, I think that is where the work comes in. What do you mean? Is it volunteering? Is it is it a is it a, is it a is it a, ro a, a role of leadership where Paul is very clear and Scripture is very clear? Are they? Um, you know, I think I think I think that we have to discern the body and be faithful to the New Testament's understandings of of what the sexual ethic is for Christians mm -hmm. who participate in the life of the body of Christ and in the servant of service of the body of Christ. That's good. Thank you. Um, my next and final question in regards to homosexuality is that a Christian is having a hard time trusting in God because he identifies as gay. What advice would you give to churches, pastors, or believers to help struggling Christians with their sexuality? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, uh, People who who openly speak about same sex attraction, and they say, "Hey, look, I'm I'm wrestling with this. This is SSA. SSA is often called." I think that the church needs to teach the gospel. And here's the thing about the gospel: the gospel is not just educational. It's not just forming. It's transforming. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that we need to to. Have these conversations. Look, I've had, I've been on panels with LGBTQ people about they need to be their their rights need to be defended in terms of they have a right to make money, they have a right to employment. You can't discriminate employment, housing in a pluralistic society. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't hey because somebody's Jewish, Christian, or you can't discriminate against them. I'm against any kind of discrimination. But when we're talking about uh, the human, uh, the biblical understanding. Of sexuality, we need to teach it. But then, but that's not just around same-sex attraction. It's around pornography. It's around uh, uh, people who want to have multiple uh, sexual partners. Yeah, yeah, we have. You know, we have to be honest with each other and say, "Hey, look, why do we always talk just about one part of human sexuality? sexuality. Why, no, why? Why? Why is why? that? Why? Why don't we talk about the other stuff? Mm. Hmm, riddle me that." I think we need to teach a biblical sexual ethic, and then we need to walk alongside people. Mm. We don't abandon people. We don't. We don't walk out on conversations. We don't like. That's the problem. I've talked to, to many of my LGBTQ neighbors and friends, and we disagree on a whole host of issues. But what I've committed to is stay at the table. As long as they're willing to stay at the table, mm -hmm. I, the prophet says, "Come, let us reason together." Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you why I believe this, and not only I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna, I'm and gonna. Not in an not, you know, fashion. you're not my enemy. Yeah. I, you're not my enemy. Teach, and walk with people. Those two things are key. 
teach and walk <clears throat> on any issue, pick an issue. Mm -hmm. Teach or disciple mm -hmm. and walk with people. That's, That's the job of the church. That's good. Thank you. Moving on to immigration and racism. Um, <laughs> I know you guys are big on immigration. Um, what does the Bible say about politics, government, different presidents, laws, regulations? And then should we still honor the individual appointed to lead our country, even if he lacks Christian character and integrity? Since you want to say more about that, just... <laughs> no, no, no. Like, you know... How long is this show? <laughs> I don't know. So, like, what does the Bible say about like politics and all of that? I think the the the, the Bible says a lot of things. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually wrote. I just wrote something on that. I think that Christians need to bring their biblical worldview and into the public spaces. Yes. Politics, government, art. Film, we bring our worldview. We don't leave that in lay. Hey, I'm going to leave that at the church. Mm -hmm. And no, it's part of who, how we think, how we, how we, our creativity, our art, our drawing, and also as our politics. Our, our scripture asks us to pray for all those in authority. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not just pray for the ones we agree with. Mm -hmm. That's easy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bless them, Lord. Bless, Bless her, Lord. Lord. Oh, yeah, because they're, <laughs> they're your favorite person. You have to pray for everyone, yes. agree or disagree. But prayer does not mean you endorse things mm. that are wrong. The Bible also calls us, you pray for those in authority, but you denounce evil. Yes. You denounce oppression. Proverbs says, speak up, speak up for the poor and the vulnerable. The Bible tells, John the Baptist stood up to Herod. The prophets stood up to the kings when they abused the people. You know, Sodom and Gomorrah, Ezekiel says, they did a lot of things. They they mistreated the foreigner. They they didn't share their bread with the hungry, and because of that, God God judged them. And so I think that the Christians, to quote Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., we we're not the servant of the state. We don't do what the state tells us to do. We respect it. Mm -hmm. We give to Caesar what is Caesar. Mm -hmm. And we're not the master of the, of the state. We're the, we're the conscience of the state. So anytime a government, any government, Republican, Democrat, Independent, is contrary to what Pastor Jeanette just said, our biblical worldview, we have to stand up against it and say we rather obey God rather yeah. than humanity. Yeah. What, mm -hmm. what happens, I mean, it's happened for a long time, but I at least I see it more and more and more, is that the church tries to change the morality of our culture through politics. Mm. So we vote based on what we want the world to do based on our biblical worldview. And when we rescind that power to What happens when we lose? Politics, what happens? Mm -hmm. The church needs to be the church. Yes. So. That's good. Yeah, and I think, look, there's some things that are just plain wrong. Mm -hmm. And we will speak up against and, it. Yeah, and Christians have done it for years. Diedrich Bonhoeffer, Martin Luther King Jr., mm -hmm. Corey Ten Boom. Mm -hmm. Christians stood up against Nazi Germany because it was wrong. Yes. Christians stood up against slavery. apartheid in South Africa because yeah. it was wrong. People, Christians stood up against slavery and segregation because it was wrong, even though it was legal. Because not everything that is legal is right. There are a lot of laws that are wrong, immoral. And as Christians, our responsibility is to 
Which one's right? Which yeah. one is yeah. against? And we our have we have we have accomplished. It's called the word of God, and mm -hmm. let's go by that. And the other thing is, you, we got to be mindful that God is does not belong to any political party. Mm. God is not yeah. a Republican. God is not a Democrat. <laughs> God is not registered with your political with the DNC or the <laughs> RNC. God is above all of that. Mm -hmm. When it comes so, to immigration, you know, I mean, we can talk about this for days, all yeah, day, every day, all day, every day, because this is our passion. <laughs> Uh, a lot, many Christians have said, yeah, but you must respect the laws of the land. So if we follow that argument all the way to the very end, then why are we sending Bibles to China? Because mm, it's illegal. Why You're are we visiting countries so and evangelizing mm -hmm. in those countries? Mm -hmm. Because their laws are that we can't do that. Mm -hmm. So is it that we're picking and choosing what laws to abide by because of what? the mm -hmm. rhetoric is what the topic is we right. really need to start thinking and about so those. again yeah. the law <laughs> the law is under god's law it's not ultimate when it aligns with the gospel we respect it we pay Perfect. our tax we pay our our, our tax taxes we, we we're law-abiding citizens yeah. but when the law is immoral we must speak up against it and let me just say this hebrews says remember the stranger mm -hmm. For many of us have entertained angels unaware. Remember that mm. Jesus was a refugee in Egypt fleeing Herod's persecution. Ooh, so remember that the book of Exodus says, remember that you were a stranger in Egypt. Mm. And be kind to the widow, the orphan, and the stranger. The Bible is clear. I don't, you know, on issues of widow, orphan, stranger, poor, mm -hmm. the Bible is clear that we have an ethical responsibility to speak up and mm -hmm. defend the rights mm -hmm. of the widow, the orphan, and the stranger. Wow, that's good. So that we'll leave it at that. A few questions, <laughs> so we can, we can just move on. Mm. Um, now, what advice would you give to someone who is dealing with a racist family member or friend? So, yeah. What, what advice can you give? Wow. It came heavy today, Ceci. I'm so Ooh. sorry. No, look, I think, I think that Anytime there's racism is sinful. Mm. And I think there's ways to tell people, hey, that, that's sinful. You're violating the image of God in another the human being. I think there's ways to call people to it. There's people that do things wrong all the time. I've done things wrong. You know what? Yeah. My mama loved me. <laughs> and you know how I know she loved me? Because when I did something wrong, she called me to an account. That's part of love. Mm -hmm. And so we... If you have a racist relative or neighbor or friend, you call them into account. You create awareness and you say, hey, look, that's, that's not okay. That's not in keeping with the gospel. I love you. Mm -hmm. you, you don't have to, to confront doesn't mean you have to be cruel. And that's, that's where the, right, uh, Richard Mao, the, the, the evangelical ethicist says, there's something called convicted civility. You're civil, but you have conviction. So I'm civil, but I'm not going to let you oppress people based on their race. Mm -hmm. I'm civil, but I'm not going to let you mistreat women because of sexism. That's sinful. Mm -hmm. And wherever there's sin, you know how there's people who stand up against abortion and because they're pro-life, and they should, because God is a God of life. I've said that many times. Well, the same way you stand up for that biblical value, mm -hmm. you should stand up for the biblical value that God is not a respecter of persons. Male or female, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Latino, Latina, so forth, uh, Native American. Mm -hmm. Let's be consistent. Let's not just pick our favorite verses in the Bible. Mm. 
Let's let let the whole Bible hold us accountable for how we treat people. Babies in the womb and people of color outside the room. And white people and 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 poor people in Appalachia and in urban slums in 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 India. God loves the world. So let's lead, lead out of love. And part of love is saying you don't get to treat somebody that way because they're different. Once that is said and done, there's this verse that I came upon several years ago that really delivered me. It's in Proverbs 27, 22. Sometimes you cannot separate fools from their foolishness. <laughs> Even though you may grind them with grain, with mortal and, pest, and pestle. In this instance, depart from the foolish one depart from him. Wow, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other thing is, it's not your job. Yeah. Your job is to share, mm -hmm. to, but you can't force yeah. people to change. You point them in the other direction, you enlighten them. Here's what the gospel says, and then they have a decision to make. Yeah. Thank you. So, after doing the work, yeah, when yeah, all is said and done, <laughs> if you cannot depart the foolishness from the fool, don't yeah, leave them to their folly. You leave them to their folly. Yeah, that's good. All right, <laughs> moving on to our last section in regard to like general taboo questions. Um, so, how can we better openly have? I don't know if this question is worded right. This is how it was said to me, but it says, <laughs> "How can we better openly have communication with our brothers and sisters in Christ about struggles without being judged?" So. Mm -hmm. What they're trying to say is that there are communities where people are comfortable representing their sexualities and their struggles. You know how right now everybody's like self-love, I'm this, I'm that, mm -hmm. I don't, you know, involve with any, I'm not any gender, you know, I am who I want to be. Embrace yourself as yes, you are. Yes, mm -hmm. so that's like the big thing now. But within the church, it's very difficult to have that conversation, you know, and be open about your struggles. So mm -hmm. how can, how can we better these conversations or how how can we open up these conversations within our brothers and sisters in christ right. without the judgments yeah. and like i'll be honest to tell you if i was struggling jesus i, I need therapy like it was disciplina like that's why we didn't talk about it because yeah, it if created somebody fought, a generation that's yes. repressed yeah, that's why right. I said I need therapy because, geez. But it was like any little, we didn't say anything because if we were struggling, right. we would be in disciplina. Let you me know? put this within our context as pastors of a church. When we struggle with sin, who should we go to? Should we be open and share with the church? I am struggling with A, B, and C. Mm. How would the church react? Mm. Now, um, just... In, in the practical sense of this conversation, when we have to share our frailties, we share it with someone that's equal to us or someone that's higher mm, that's than good. us. Someone that's more wise and can guide us, more experienced. People Mature. tend to share their openness, what they're struggling with, with people below them. Mm, that's good. And that's where where the challenges, los retos come yes. in because they've shared something that makes them vulnerable to a public don't, people that don't may have not the level of maturity to to carry mm -hmm. what they've just heard. So, but if you share with someone that's at your level or, or someone higher. higher, 
than you, then absolutely. Yeah, and by higher, we don't mean value. Everyone's equal value. Everyone's yeah. equal value. We mean maturity, and wisdom, and wisdom, and time. And so here's so, what I would say. Yeah. Transparency is a hot word now. Just, we need to be real. Mm-hmm. Keep it real, Pastor. Keep it real. You need, keep it real. <laughs> keep it real. Yeah. And, 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 and so let me, here's what I say to people. Transparency is dependent on levels of intimacy. Mm. So I'm real with my sons. But I'm intimate. Yeah. Right. I'm real. But there's things about me they can't know because mm. they're my sons. They're too young. It's not mm-hmm. age appropriate. Mm-hmm. Only my wife can know. I'm not being disingenuous. There are levels Degrees. of vulnerability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so in the age of social media, people think, oh, I need to be vulnerable with everybody. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. You're vulnerable with people you have a trusted relationship with who love you, who love, if you're married, your marriage. If you're single, they love you, your personal development. You. And so people, someone has... has deceived us that transparency is putting all your stuff out there. Mm, no. Not at all. No. You have to be selective and circumspect and wise with whom you share both your frailties and your strength because some people won't celebrate your victories either. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. so people say, man, how can we can't keep it real? I need to keep it real. Well, now some people think that, you know, I'm going to preach to keep it real because this is going to be like an Oprah Winfrey session. No, yeah. no, I don't have to share everything with my church. That doesn't mean I'm not real. Mm-hmm. That's not appropriate for them to hear. But there's a, a therapist, a, your spouse, your best people safe that you're that I'm yes, accountable absolutely. to. And so the I think I think that a lot of people have have can no longer communicate transparently because they communicated with the wrong type of people that betrayed them. Wow. And that, and they got burned. And mm-hmm. so now they don't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. But there are trustworthy people out there. you got to mm-hmm. find mm-hmm. accountability partners. And so what I would say, especially a young person, if you like, the church burned me. No, that person in the church burned you. Mm-hmm. That's like saying, hey, man, I had a, a problem with my ex-girlfriend. Now I'm not, never going to trust any woman. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a problem with a person in the church. Now I'm not going to trust the whole church. Mm-hmm. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. That person failed you. That person wasn't mature enough. That person was judgmental. But the whole church is not that way. Find mature people who will... And here's the other thing. People uh, confuse confrontation with condemnation. We need to confront some things that, hey, we do it all the time. Child abuse, we confront it. There are mm-hmm. things that need to be confronted. And so that is that is the the level of of mature conversation that we need to have with people. Please don't judge the church by its worst behavior. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, don't generalize. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't do that for all women. You wouldn't do it for all men. You wouldn't do it for all doctors, right? One doctor messed up, all doctors are bad. Mm-hmm. Don't so mm-hmm. don't do it with the church. It's not fair. That's good. So good. (laughs) So good. All right. (sighs) This one's my question. Oh, Lord Jesus. All the questions. Uh This one's one's my question. Is it okay to celebrate Halloween? Yeah. (laughs) We got that one this week several (laughs) times as well. I'm being honest because... I sent you got some... I I, I sent you got got some... Trick or treat bags in your house. Is that really what you're asking? Look. I actually have to order candy for you. Look, I, I saw an article today by a denominational leader 
yes. saying, how can you redeem this practice of giving candy as an evangelistic tool? That's pretty, uh, that's a, it's a well-written article. Look, I think that there's a lot of, of um, mythology about what are the origins of mm-hmm. Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, we, I, it was a long conversation about All Saints Day and, mm-hmm. and then in some parts of Latin America, the day of the, the, day. The, day of the dead. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, Scripture says, you know, it's not just what you do, but why you do it. The intentions of the heart matter. Paul says, let no person judge you of holiday or Sabbath or whatever if the intention of the heart, right? You don't offer up food. Uh, This is, right, New Testament, Mm -hmm. first century church. You don't offer up food uh, offered up to the idols and things like that. And I think so we need to do a lot of work around what what the original intent is, Mm -hmm. what are the intents today of Christians who use it as evangelism and other things like that. And what is the truth? A lot of people say, oh, I know the truth. And they show the, I've seen them on YouTube and stuff. And I'm like, that's actually historically inaccurate. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to talk about Halloween, let's get the right historicity. Let's get about, and, 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 and let's not, let's not, um, let's not just pontificate from a place of ignorance. (laughs) Let's, <laughs> let's get the facts, like Dragnet said. The facts, man, just the facts. And, then, the f- facts? and then from there, you make an informed judgment. I know some Christians that do celebrate it, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying they're not Christian, and I know some Christians who say no, and I'm not saying they're not Christian. I, I think where, where Scripture is not clear in a specific mandate, mm-hmm. yeah. I think there's like a verse, um, First Thess- Thessalonians 5.11 talks about you know, whether we don't know if it's a sin or not, um, and we're not discussing whether it's being, something's being allowed or not, but let's talk about whether it edifies. And if we do it, if it edifies. And I think that's the conversation that right. needs it, to be had okay. um, for things that are not a clear black and right. white. Like, we know we're not supposed to commit adultery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty. Cl- that, that's pretty, that's pretty clear. Not open target, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. So, and there, there, there are, are, are a lot of topics in the Bible right. that it's just not right. black and white for our modern day culture. And remember, yeah. Halloween is a post-Christian, a post-biblical phenomenon. So is Christmas, for that matter. Yeah, that's but... right. <laughs> right. And so, so we have to see what Does it is. Edify? What, yeah. Is it a stumbling block for other people? Is it is it edifying? You know, um, those those are two very good questions. Is it edifying, and is it a stumbling block um, for other believers or other unbelievers? I think that that as long as we are careful about our Christian witness, um, we can make discerning uh, decisions. So families have to theologize about that. Yes. Okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. We'll have to theologize about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Last one, and we are officially done, and this is also my question. Mm -hmm. Is it okay to desire wealth and success as a Christian? Hallelujah. Let it rain, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, you know, I ask God, you know, prosperous Jesus, you know, open doors for our careers so that we can, you know, our salaries can increase so we can live a better life. And, And sometimes, I don't know, I feel like, it's not right to ask that. I don't know. So, I, so. I, again, God is a discerner of the intentions of the heart. Mm-hmm. 
and the thoughts of the mind. First John chapter two says he's writing to to Gaius. Uh, he says, mm-hmm. "Oh, I wish you would prosper in all things, even as your, your soul, soul prospers." Mm-hmm. It's First John chapter two. I think that One of my favorite God verses, God is not God is a blessing. God He blesses people. Yes, I think that where where it's gotten really out of off, hand, off off mm-hmm. the off the beaten path, is this kind of prosperity theology. Yeah, it's this kind of uh, unrefrained covetousness, an insatiable appetite. In Spanish, the word is lujuria. It's like this this excessiveness. This like. Uh, like a gaudiness. Yeah, like a like a like yeah. a. It's lascivious. It's covetousness. It, it's which are sins, right? Mm-hmm. Covetousness and and lasciviousness and these kind of exuberant, uh, lavish lifestyles. Lifestyles that don't seek to honor God, because there are many wealthy people who use their wealth to bless people. Yes. To what end? John Wesley once says, "Hey, get all that you can, save all that you can." And then give away as much as you can. Mm-hmm. It's John Wesley. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing. That's not a direct yes. quote. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think God wants to bless you, but that's by blessing. It's not just money. It's not just a big house and five cars. I think that becomes a kind of, you know, exuberant Christianity doesn't honor God. Simplicity mm-hmm. honors God, but that that doesn't mean you can't be blessed. You can't have good things. I think. Successes. I think, right? mm-hmm. it, I think is what is the intention of the heart? Lord, bless me. Why? To what end? Mm-hmm. Am I going to put it in the service of your kingdom and in service of people? Or is am I going to be, you know, like flaunting it around? Look at this, mm-hmm. I'm driving this, and look at you. Are we going to be looking down at people's noses? And so blessing in and of itself, financial, uh, housing, or other is not bad. It is not bad to have things. It is a terrible thing when things have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey. That is... Good. That, yeah. <laughs> right? God gave talents in mm-hmm. the parable. He gave yes. five and two. Mm-hmm. Right. The problem was with the rich young ruler, he couldn't give it away. Mm-hmm. When you can't give it away, that means you don't own it. It owns you. It owns mm-hmm. you. That's good. It, nothing wrong with owning things. It's when things own you. Because Jesus says, you can't have two masters. You can't love God and mammon. Mammon. Mm-hmm. mammon. The ancient word. The, the ancient <laughs> word, right, of this of this. Exu- but that doesn't mean you can't have things if you do it all unto the glory of God and you put it to his kingdom and to his service and love other people through it. And I think that's the issue, that people really, really, really say, oh, I want to have to bless people, but then they get it mm-hmm. and they forget and the thing has them. You know, they have eight cars and, and then they see somebody walking and they won't pick them up. Mm. Mm. There's a disconnect there. <laughs> yeah. God bless me with a new car <laughs> and there's somebody walking in the rain to church, they sit next to you and you drive by them. No. Yeah. Everything that God gives you is in, service, in service to him others. and others. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Oh, my goodness. Sassy. Love you guys This is so awesome much. benevolence in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Gabe, Pastor Jeanette, thank you so thank much you. for your willingness to join me on an episode of Benevolence. Um, I don't know. It's just an honor. It, really, it truly is. It truly is an honor to have you. And... 
I don't know. I hope this is not the end. No, I hope it's the beginning. With all of this, you know, we can get rid of all this and come back again. It's season That's four. Amazing. I want to be here in season 44. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, thank you all for tuning in to Benevolence, where kindness matters and all are welcome to the table. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Benevolence Podcast to know a little bit more about me and Benevolence. Benevolence Podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher app, and iHeartRadio, or wherever you hear your podcasts. You can also email me at benevolencepodcast at gmail.com with requests, petitions, comments, whatever it is, I want to hear from you. And stay tuned for next Monday's episode of Benevolence. You don't want to miss it. Bye.